Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so it opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today, because, like, I, I'm heartbroken. I'm just had a huge bombshell before we've come on air. Um, Conal Keeney is called Conal Keeney and I've, I think me and every commentator in GEA have been mispronouncing your name since 2002. Am I right or is it just me? Please tell me everyone else is doing it's not, it. Well, it's not a bombshell. That's my name. Other people call me <laughs> different things. Uh, no, I'll give credit. Brian Carty is the only one that ever gets it right because he asked, what's your name? How do you pronounce it? The very first day and he's, he's stuck with that. Right. Everyone else is just calling me Conal. Conal Keeney. That's what, yeah. always what I had. Is that why you gave him the exclusive then when you retired? <laughs> <laughs> he was the only one that asked. <laughs> <laughs> so come here, talk to us about the retirement, the second retirement. Um, and I, I do appreciate the way Conal Keeney re- retires. A quick tweet. No frills. No messing around. I'm out the door. Thanks for the memories, and that's kind of it. Well, yeah, well, like, <clears throat> what else is it going to be? You know, I, I see, I see big statements going out and and everything like that. But I was thinking, I, I was thinking, look, I was thinking about retiring for years, basically. And I was always, and especially in the last couple of weeks coming into it, I knew I was going. So I was thinking, like, if I do a statement, who, who am I going to even send it to? Like, I don't even know who to send it to. Like, am I going to send it to the county board? Like, I wasn't in touch with any of them. So I was like, I don't know. And then. I was talking to Maddie that morning. I says, "No, that's definitely it." Uh, and uh, the day before, and I told my parents, told people that were close to me, and I said, "Look, sure, I'll send out a tweet." My wife didn't care, so <laughs> it made no difference. Um, just put it out, and then just forget about it. That's Move the on. thing. Yeah. Paddy Stapleton, you put out a statement. You'll have to explain the thought process behind the statement. I just think I'm that big of a deal. You know, <laughs> I <need> a statement. <laughs> no, um, I th- I don't know. 2016. I think it was more of a statement time. I think it could be, or more in the Twitter, the Twitter times now. So you, you, honest, you sent it. Time, in, you sent it to the county board, did you? 
what happened was um i was my services were no longer required um <laughs> and i i said to mick i said i don't even like i don't even really want to do anything i just prefer to just say nothing and just go back to my club and hurl away and that, and he goes oh you have to retire and i was like oh, all right so so uh i did i just said grand and this is the way lads usually do it and i said that's fine so but to be honest it was grand because i had left out a few people i wanted to thank who helped out during my career so somebody the pro or i think it was the pro looked over it so it was grand then but looking back yeah i i look at people now at tweet and i go god i wish i just tweeted yeah it's sometimes it's 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 funny like you look at Colin Fenley like he didn't retire he took a year out like so I know a lot of times it happens where a manager doesn't, doesn't favour someone so they say listen it's time listen your time is done yeah okay time is done well I'm taking a year out and I'm going to come back when you're gone if that if it's Do you, so you should have done that in 16 then maybe you thinking well, like that no I didn't retire in 16 uh, if you actually look at what I said I said I just I said I think I'm taking a, a, a time out or, or something along those lines I specifically I knew I wasn't retiring I knew I wasn't retiring right. but I wasn't telling anyone because I knew what was going to happen coming down the road. Not you that knew cunning and we get the bullet. <laughs> it's only a matter of time, but uh, I knew another manager come in, and if I was playing well enough, that I, I may get a chance. So I wasn't going to totally rule it out. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you mentioned you rang Matty, and you said this is it. Like, did Matt, Matty obviously wanted you to stay based on your on your form when you came back? Uh, yeah, he he did. I, I think he did. Like he he was saying he did. Um, and that was going over and back for months, basically. You know, the lockdown kind of helped me. It, it, it pushed it down the road even further and further. And the lads weren't back training, so there was no real pressure. So we were having chats all the time. I met him three or four times. And um, it just came to the point where like, I had to make a decision. And I, to- I told him numerous of times, but he, he just, I don't know whether he wasn't listening or <laughs> he just wasn't taking it. But um, I look, it, 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 even my wife was getting annoyed. She was like, are you finished yet or not? Like so, Because this was going on nearly since Christmas. So. Right. Um, just had to make a decision and it was coming so close and I nearly left it the day before the, like there was training tomorrow night and Maddie was like look come up tomorrow night and see how you feel and I was like no I'm not coming up tomorrow night so it like, was that close yeah. and what, what 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 did you base the decision on like I mean you're 38 like I mean geez, you, you put in a fair old innings but was it injuries last year you know or no I didn't uh, I didn't particularly have many injuries uh, last year really uh, <clears throat> I didn't play really last year I came on well, for yeah. like a whatever a couple of seconds against Cork which was which was disappointing but um, and look, there was loads of things. There was loads of little small things as you go. I suppose, like just being honest about it, I think our club getting to two county finals didn't help my situation. Trying to get back into the senior, uh, into 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 the team in, in Dublin because the, the setup at the time, I'm not sure if it's still the same, but you, you needed to be around to prove you were still able to play. Like not saying Matty needed to hear that or Matty needed to say that, but I think other selectors didn't really know me that well didn't really know me the year before because I was coming in late again so I probably needed time to prove that and they, they weren't going to base it on anything else only what they seen in training yeah. and I only had maybe a week or so so it, I, I was losing the battle there straight away Th- That's an interesting one you bring that up because Maddie Kenny is obviously a Galway man and his entire backroom team now are n- not complete non-dubs you mentioned that they wouldn't know you do you know what I mean like obviously hurling people throughout the country would know you but there's no Dublin is there no one from Dublin on the on the entire uh Selection committee no. or selection team? No, that's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? Yeah, it wouldn't be my it wouldn't be my uh, cup of tea. Um, I think people, I think you have to have 
it be involved. Okay, you may have the top man, like for instance, when Anthony Daly was involved uh, and, and he had Richie Stakeman, but they, they were like Richie Stakeman was heavily involved in Chemical Croaks for years and years, so he knew everything about Dublin Hurling. Daly didn't, but he, he engrossed himself in it. He became, as he said himself, he became a dub. So he he threw himself in everything, and he was at all club games, train like even club some of the club training sessions. He was going to to see lads, and he knew everyone. He knew anyone that was any good was going to be playing. Uh, I think that's really important, and uh, all the rest of the backroom team were all dubs, so that all helps. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Look, it's it's just the way Maddie went with it. Like he, um, I wouldn't. I don't think it's the. I don't think it's the way forward. I think you have to have Dublin people involved in a Dublin setup. Look, you yeah. look at the footballers; they don't go out too too many times outside looking for looking for help. Albeit, I, I will say, you may in hurling we may we may look for one or two lads that may have experience that that say that's not in Dublin at the minute. Um, or hasn't been. I would say I would argue now that there's probably some some of that team that were potentially with that daily group that were in or around that time. You know, from maybe eleven onwards that have retired, they have uh, valuable experience and they could add to it. Um, but Matty wanted to bring in his own lads from Galway. Probably he knew he knows really well. Um, and I think whether it's right or wrong, that's what he's done. And um, that's the way it is. Yeah, it's it's a strange one, Paddy. Really, isn't it to have no one from that county on the management team? Like I know the game is probably moving past the, the rousing speeches and you know the pride mm. in your county and all that, but there's still a place for it, right? And you can't get that from someone that's not from your county. Well, look, I would say so. Maybe it is traditionalist, but if you have thirty lads on a panel uh, from one area, um, and like it's such a you know a local. Uh, sport hurling like I, I couldn't see um, backroom team without somebody from Dublin and also like a more practical point is for uh, Conan to say like um, they didn't know me the selectors he's playing inter-county for long enough I would have thought it was just we know what you've played last year inter-county we've seen you play at the club so we know if you're sharp or not and from there you'd be saying well we can't turn our nose up to a good hurler or an experienced hurler because every team no matter how if they're going for all Ireland's or not they're still trying to hold on to the, the more experienced player like Shane Dowling from Limerick is a big loss because of his experience and he's been there before so it sounds strange but I suppose look every manager is their way of working I, I always found it a, a funny one Connell, Connell when you came back in 2018 was the year and your, it was under Gilroy and your performance against Kennelly was sensational I'd say you really had highly motivated let's just say you know to, to get back into the mix Galway then 2019 and it's always funny when someone who's pushing on in years performs so brilliantly some people can twist this into a bad thing because like you were all over Twitter that they saying Conal Keeney rolling back the years and then you see the the comments well James if Dublin are still dependent on a 36 year old you know you know this kind of attitude it's like they'll twist an old player playing well into a in somehow into a bad thing yeah look I was very much aware coming back that I was under pressure to to, um, to play well in that Kilkenny game no matter what I did in challenge games or training up to that that was the measuring stick and I knew I could nearly feel it that the, you know you could wait for the, hear the commentators say well look he didn't go well today and sure what do you expect he's you know I could I could I could hear all that coming into the game but now lucky enough it went well enough look we should have won that day I got injured it was that was a bitterly disappointing but yeah th- there is I don't know what it's called like ageism is it where yeah but that's definitely a factor like there's no doubt about it I think if but on the other side of it if, if people say if he if he's uh, if he's good enough he's if he's old enough he's good enough like so if a 17 year old plays well great he's there for the future and let's put him on every time if a if a fella on his late 30s play well it's like oh jeez he played well great but what where is everyone else what's wrong with the rest of the team they can't play well like so yeah. 
I wouldn't be one into into looking at that. I think it even comes nearly into club to a degree as well that if lads are pushing on, you know, they're always looking to say, well, he won't be here or, or you know, we can't depend on him because exactly, he's not yeah. going to be here. But yeah. like, why not? Like, let's... Yeah, and it's like, it's this idea, Paddy, let's build for the future by putting the old fella onto the bench, whereas he, at the moment, mm. he's probably better. Like, at, at what point can you not help each other along and, you know, build for the future using the older player? I know, it's, it's, it feels like um, it's an old traditional thing of give the young lads a chance or put the young lads in when yeah. you need a bit of youth. But it's hard enough to come across good players as it is. Like it takes, could take a generation to come across a couple of good players. Uh, but I always say it, like I'd see it at club level a lot. Why didn't this guy get a chance or that guy get a chance? Well, he actually has to shove the older lad out of the way. Yeah. Day, you get your best 15 on the field. Now, if he's performing as well as the older lad, yeah, give the energy and the youth a bit of a chance. But if he's not, it's not like go home for your groceries and I queue up. You know, you don't just get to queue up for your space in the team. You have to earn it. And um, I think, yeah, people, I see it with the tip lads at the minute. God, when is Paddy Matter going to finish? When is Brendan Matter going to finish? I'd be holding on to him as long as I could because it's hard enough to get, the, get that calibre of player. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, young David Kyo uh, described you as a father figure. I thought maybe that was time for you to get the hell out of there. Uh, he, he was too. It was time for me to go or him to go. <laughs> well, after his goal attempt there at the weekend, maybe, you know, he could be on thin ice. But he was only two, though. Like, isn't that incredible that you're playing with somebody who was two when you started off uh, playing with Dublin? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's lovely news. Thanks for that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, it's strange. Like, the, it, it is difficult. It is difficult going back into it. It's like last year, especially, like the whole dynamic of a team changes. Like when I came in on the, with, with, say, with Daly and I was, it was day we were there at, say, 12, 13, 14. Like that, I felt that was my team, you know. I, yeah, you know yeah. Not that we were dictating, but, you know, it, it was, everything was really important to me is making sure the team was doing well. Everything was being done as a team. But when you came when I came back the last couple of years, it was it's not my team, you know. And it was very hard to. I didn't want to. I was always conscious not to influence the younger lads into into going one way or the other. Like it, you know, especially in meetings. Like I very, said very very little because the last thing you want to do. And I've sat in dressing rooms where the elder elder lad is there and everyone knows he's on his last legs and he stands up and he says something that's totally off the wall and no one agrees with it. And no one is. Everyone's afraid to say it and against him yeah. because he's there so long. So. I certainly wasn't like that at all. I would have, been, I would have been talking to lads maybe individually, probably trying to give them a little coins, but I wouldn't be uh, in 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 any kind of meeting. But look, that's disappointing to hear David Kelly say that. Look, I think he'd be better off concentrating <laughs> well, his touch than coming out with coins like that. Uh, come here after after the big weekend of of good hurling, you would say, Paddy. I'll start with you. A lot of the talk is the advantage rule, and we talked about this a lot on Monday, so we we, we won't spend too much time on it. But I saw David Herity talking. He was just through another angle on it, saying, you know, we all know it's slowing the game down. The flow of the game is going to be affected. And he was saying, like a weak team, a weaker team, like gets that foul on the half back line that could easily be played on, brings the full forward the whole way up the field. Um, takes t- two minutes by the time the freeze taken and really completely kill the game against a team you know that's better than them. Yeah, and look, that's that's just adds on to the fuel and the fire what you've already been talking about. And I could imagine, and it happens already, if you were a team playing against a stiff breeze, um, especially in hurling, it's very important that you would be taking your time and the corner forward to be walking out to the free. But look, that, that just adds to it. I think that's a small point in it. And he's probably thinking of it maybe if he was up playing the Lee McCarthy teams, maybe that's something he might he might be thinking about. But uh, it just adds kind of to what we were saying already and the overall flow of the match. I do think week one, maybe everyone's getting ahead of themselves. Like these these referees, I 
have their uh, reviews after matches. So I, I'm sure they've the the committee have looked at all the negative press on it and have said, look, okay, maybe we need to take a step back here because it was just completely overkill uh, last weekend. Yeah, it's like some of them were frees. Now I will say that, and sometimes you're happy to get the free. So, like, what what exact exactly is the rule at the minute? Like I mean, the, the advantage, the free is the advantage. They say now that they're not going to let, they're not going they to don't let, let it on. No, for a couple of seconds they're not letting it on. They're giving the free, but and the the reasoning for that is they say the free is the advantage. And we were saying on Monday's show, the free is the advantage from midfield up. But if you break clear of the half back line and you're out into a bit of space, it's not much of an advantage. That you know those yeah. those frees aren't aren't gimmies. You yeah, know, so you're no. just slowing the game down at that. At yeah, that no, I think Hurland has it's free flowing like there, it's stuff happens in Hurland that it's so quick and the ball moves so fast I think the referees have to use not their own initiative but it has to be some bit of flexibility in it. and the advantage rule is definitely key because otherwise it's just going to be it's going to be Patrick Horgan coming back to his 21 nearly and trying to have a shot and it slows it all down and I don't think anyone wants to see that. No. It'll turn into a little bit like football to a degree. Well, that's the thing. And it was TJ coming out a lot because TJ played, started at full forward against Dublin at the weekend and he was the one coming all the way back. Owen Murphy tried one and missed it. And then it does it. It definitely slows the game down. There was a good few examples of it in that game. Um, just on the, the, the sin bin and the penalty, uh, Paddy. So we saw Jared Walsh of Antrim pull down um, Aaron Shanahar. Now, this was a cynical foul. Now, the reason this was not given as a sin bin as a penalty because there was a man inside now I'm the question I'd ask is if Jared Walsh didn't think there was a goal on there why is he giving away the free for a guaranteed point do you know what I mean why who's a referee to decide that Shanahar couldn't have stuck that away just with one man inside do you know what I mean like I do think that clear goal scoring opportunity is going to cause problems because if you're pulling a lad down dragging a lad down you're doing that for a reason right yeah, I think that's what we're... And we were even talking about that with Paul when he was on the show last week. The players are a lot better to read the game than the referee. And I'm trying not to offend refs because if I go back hurling this year, I don't need refs to be on my case. But the point is, like I've dragged down a few people in my time and it's because the player had a momentum. Okay, he might, I might be the last man, but if he got by me, we were in serious trouble. Yeah, and you're fearing the, the goal. And I'm reading the game. Fearing the goal. And you say, what's the point? I may as well give away one point because there's a... 50% chance they're going to get three here. So, like, what's to be lost in really punishing cynical fouls? I mean, you can, you have the, we've seen maybe in the Dublin match for Kyohan's goal or Kyohan's goal that he, he could have been dragged down outside by the two Dublin guys. He wasn't, and it resulted in a goal. So, that was another one of those where he actually probably didn't have a brilliant chance of scoring a goal. Yeah. He didn't bring him down, and it ended up in a goal. So, that could have been the same for Shanahar. And, as I said, my big point is the players are probably better to read it than the referees are. So I think the referees need to take the lead of what the players after doing on the field. That, that's a very good point for that Keown's goal because he beat one man and there was another man inside him. Now, you would say it was kind of weak defending by Dublin to allow him inside. But if the first player had pulled Keown down there, he wouldn't have got the penalty in the sin bin because technically there was another player there. But Keown scored a goal anyways. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was, that was that was to, like he was very close to the end line, you know. Pulling them down there, like my, I, I'm not an advocate for pulling people down, but if it, if it has to be done, it has to be done to, st- to stop a certain goal, you'll definitely do it every time. In that situation, I, I think the Dolan said, you'd be probably saying that when James Madden was running back at him, he stayed the other side, not goal side. Now, I know Paddy Smith was coming on the inside anyway, but like he's no danger 
uh, away from goal. So I would have went in uh, on his, say as he would that uh, as McKenny guy was going in to pick up the ball on his left side. So it would have been the goal side as well. And if worst case scenario, uh, to shove him off out, out over for a forty five, yeah, or or a sixty five. Um, I think that was just n- naive defending. Um, or like the worst case scenario there is is exactly what happened. He, he got by the two of them and kind of drop shot it into the net. So. In that situation, I'm not sure if a cynical fan would have been would have been the right thing to do. But if it was if it was a little bit further out into around the middle area, there definitely definitely cynical foul all day long. Let them have a chance of having a goal opportunity when there's three or four on the line, rather than or uh, take an easy point. Yeah, you know? there's de- there's definitely disadvantages with these rules. There's no de- there's no doubt about it. And hopefully, like you say, Paddy, that the referees will have a meeting after it and see you know the. The, mm. the kind of reaction to it you know and maybe they'll go Jesus you know and they might not have thought of that you know because th- maybe there is a bit of logic that the free is the advantage but only in certain situations but do you think that like managers are, are, are promoting to taking people down if he's, if he's going in on goal take him down and take your yellow card or take, it, take the punishment for, for the sake of the team it, like that's always been the way even in football, I'm sure it's the same with Paddy when he was with Tip. If, if this lad going through on goal, you take him down. I know the Sean Cavanagh thing is is his biggest highlight ever, but I wouldn't say uh, the Tyrone team at the time were disappointed that he did that to the modern lad. Yeah, oh no, there's no doubt about that. But it's, the whole point here is trying to fix that. And if, if there's a man inside, you'll still do it because there'll be no punishment. It won't, you know, it'll just be a free like it was. So I think instead of clearing it up, it hasn't really fixed too much. It's only unless you're clear on goal. You can score a goal in hurling from fucking anywhere yeah. inside the 20 yeah. or the D or the 21. You know, you see um, goals all the time. Come here, I want to ask you about this one. Seamus Casey. Um, Paddy, I'll start with you. He's in goals for Wexford. Um, now, he played well. I saw this game. Um, it was a terrible game, terrible conditions. And, you know, the first game back, he made a great save from um, Ross King. Uh, very composed performance. I thought, this is a fella who scored 111 in... Um, in an under-20 uh, Leinster final, 2018. one eleven. so he's up front free-taker and he scored a league game, he scored a goal against Tipperary in the senior league. So he's been put back in goals. You know Fanning is the regular goalkeeper. I have a bit of a theory in Gaelic football that any competent outfielder can be a goalkeeper, right? Now, goalkeepers don't like this, <laughs> this opinion, but I was always of the opinion that any competent outfield player um, especially half back line midfield, um, half forward line can be a can be a good goalkeeper. And it, does it ring true even more in hurling? Because let's be honest, like the one the one technique goalkeepers have that outfield players don't have is shot stopping. And in hurling, it's feckin' ninety percent impossible to stop a lot of those shots, anyways. Well, it is for for normal people. Like if you see me on the line for a twenty or a penalty or something, I'm not. I wouldn't be the best at it, but it's still. You still will need him. Like how many moments have turned because of a, a good save, or geez, I played with Cummins and he saved enough from. But you do need that. But what I'd say is a lot of the time, if a guy like Seamus Casey is put into goals, he probably has some experience, like one eleven. So he's a good. He's good from the. He's obviously good from place balls, and that's what a goalkeeper needs to be. So I still think he, he probably has played underage. Like when he was fourteen, he was probably playing in goals as a minor. Like so. Oftentimes, like I've seen Brendan Maher playing goals at club, yeah. and McCormick has been a county minor. So I do think he probably has some experience. But sure, the most important thing is your your skills. You don't have to be under that much pressure, but your puck outs, uh, taking the ball under pressure, taking freeze out of the back line, that's really important. But again, I still wouldn't like him going in as a complete rookie, never having played there before. What well, I, I suppose goalkeepers now, uh, Connell, are 
they're kind of they've evolved in that they're very good hurlers as well. A lot of them play outfield for their clubs, same as football as well. Yeah. Um, but it's like for a for a hurling goalkeeper, I presume fielding, composure on the ball, and puckouts would be more are your bread and butter rather than the spectacular you know saves that some of them can yeah. do. Yeah. I think it's very difficult for an outfield player to go back and go. Like it's totally different as far as I can see. Like I've watched goalkeepers train, and and I and, and I've even chatted to them and see like what kind of a shot do you not like? What you know this, and they just blind you with the amount of uh, stuff that they go into, and the amount of detail. Like they're talking about percentages, and you know uh, they give you, they want you to hit the ball in a certain area, so because that's their good side. So they'll they'll face so if their left hand is on top. You know, obviously it's easy to go to. to they'll get further across. Yeah. yeah. So they're going to give you more of the goal there. Like never even thought of that. You know, usually when I a few times I got it in goal, it's just hit it as hard as I can, nearly as low, and hope for the best. But uh, would you not have thought that? Because who said that on this show before? Jeez, I can't think what pundit said it. Could have been you, Paddy. That um, was it. About I can't remember who said it, but it was when you're when you've got a penalty, put the penalty to the side that the the goal. You know what I mean? That the goalkeeper doesn't reach on his good. You know he doesn't yeah, have the so same he has reach. To, has to switch over. Has to turn over. Turn yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, well, that's that. That would be the easy one. And you always see in a penalty, then the lad beside him is the opposite side, so he can stop it quicker. You know. Ah, right. To make up for yeah, it. Yeah, to make up for that. But I think it's very difficult. Like, uh, I played in goal a couple of times under twenty one and. You're nearly more nervous in goal because outfield you can you can afford a missed touch you can you can you can take that chance and go to grab a ball and if you doesn't if you don't grab it okay it's grand but that ball is coming in and you have a couple of seconds to think about it you're like oh shit this is gonna this could go anywhere like you know yeah. if you don't if you don't don't do it right and the other part of it is trying to actually communicate with your full back line to making sure that they're cutting off the angles and cutting off the space you know some keepers are happy to to have shots from certain areas because that's their high percentage rate that they that they that they say but other uh, and trying to make sure that the full back uh, is listening uh, to the goalkeeper to know where to go and where his footwork is and to let his man go a certain area because that's where he wants him to go he doesn't want him going to go the other side so it's a lot more to it than than just going out and hitting the ball down yeah. the field as far as you can I'll, I'll, I'll accept that there's, there's power to this as a wind up but I still believe it uh, so somebody like Dan Morrissey Paddy that if you give him one year in the goals with good coaching he would become the best goalkeeper in the country a good half back who's good under good in the air no, I think no. I do think it's like if you want to be the best, if you want to be the, you know, I just I've seen I'm very lucky to play with Cummins and and Gleason and the instincts they have and actually what you've seen in matches, they've done even way uh, cooler things in training. Like I've seen things ball saved from four yards, like you know this sort of thing. And now you might they're, not they're, call it that. Their hurl is the size of a shovel. <laughs> 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 I know it's like they're, they're, they can make a pizza after <laughs> 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 like actually, actually you know it's funny Cummins used an outfielder's hurley he grew up in the day like he's even older than uh, Connell there so he, he actually really grew up back in the day when they were using a shinty stick so he actually used a tiny little hurley in the goal so that, which made Cummins' saves even uh, even more impressive so no I don't think I think Dan Morrissey would be sticking out to feed to be honest Okay so I'm wrong on this then so like I mean you, you're you're disagreeing strongly that a good outfielder can become a good. I don't think it's a big issue in 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 hurling anyway because if you look at most counties, they all have good hurling goalkeepers. If you know what I mean, that are all very comfortable at receiving the ball back. Yeah, well, they practice it so much now more now. than ever, and it's all about short puck outs and trying to get the ball to hand and everything. So they they practice it a lot more than nearly outfield players do. And I think any team that I've been on, the goalies are always out earlier, you know, and they'll always nearly stay back later, and they're always thinking about how to do it and. 
they're just a different breed. I think they're some of them are a little bit mad. You know, you, I think you need to be a little bit mad to stand and goal at some lads taking the shots on you, especially now with the balls going so fast. You know. I'd definitely be turning me back to a lot of them anyway. Yeah, it was Stephen O'Keefe running out to Nash that time, wasn't it? He t- turned his arse, but yeah, he got it yeah. right in the back of the leg. Like, I mean, you would need to be a little bit mad. Okay, I take all that back. I'm keeping my argument for Gaelic football, but I'm 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 jumping off that. Uh, well, it's easier in football, yeah. It is easier in football. In football, it definitely, is, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And especially now that they have the cones, you can just put the bar for the kickouts. You can just put the bar <laughs> I know, yeah. You can all kick it out into the midfield. <laughs> or like, for Cluxton, he's such a good kick out, and all he does now is just hook it to Johnny Cooper in the corner. Like, he doesn't even show his good kick out anymore. Anyways, we won't pollute the hurling show with Gaelic football um, talk we'll be back and we'll talk to Neil McManus and again yeah. takes on can very very often into a life of its own what's tactics I mean you've got to make decisions and you've got to decide what you're going to do and at the end of the day you hand it over to the players and the players play you know the game was fast was furious was, it had everything really you know and you don't have too much influence on what's happening. What happened last year, it goes out the window or the year before or whenever it was. Tipperary, don't go away. The air is the air. And the yeah. game takes on, can very, very often into a life of its own. Antrim had the performance of the weekend last week in beating Clare in the first round of the league and after the game Neil McManus said we still have to improve a significant amount and Neil joins us on the line now welcome back to the show Neil Thanks Colm It definitely shows your ambitions after such a good win Neil that you weren't happy fully with the performance Well I think first day out you're always going to have things that you could have done better and that was no different for, for us not taking anything away uh, from the from the result that was great um, and we did we, we performed really well but there's definitely bits and pieces that uh, we we could improve upon there's no two ways about that um, but there'll always be those things uh, even whenever you, you, you your best performances are still things you can you can improve on and uh, you know again first game in division one again uh, for, for three years so um, not not probably unnatural for us to have uh, a few areas to work on. Yeah, it must have been nice though to be back beating one of the big teams. You know, like you were, you made reference to Mark and Tony Kelly on and off during the game. You know, it, it it must have been nice to be back up with the big boys. It is, of course. You know, it's where we want to be. It's uh, obviously it's the place that, that that our young group will get the exposure that that is needed for them to grow as players as well so yeah. that's that's really important division division 1 is where uh, you'll get that exposure and um i think it was i think it was quite quite evident uh how kind of uh energetic we were and how we how much we enjoyed that challenge of being back in the top flight um and it was it was just really really enjoyable yeah, did you get a chance to celebrate it? I know you have a big game next weekend, but it, the pubs are open in Antrim. <laughs> they're 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 not cushioned all, really, which is a, a big disappointment. But something that I'll have to uh, talk over with Sambo McNaughton. Now the pubs are there's only outdoor uh, pubs open uh, in the north here, and uh, right. there's none of them in, uh, around too many of the villages here, so there's not. Right. Okay. So you couldn't have even if you wanted not, not to. That, not, not, not that we, that would have been, uh, not that that would have been uh, on the cards anyway. But uh, now there's no, the, 
it'll be great whenever we do get the you know the hospitality cycle back open for you here. But uh, you know yourself in the middle of the league, you're not going to be no going to be no. going for for pints. But there there was a time uh, near the start of my career where you know definitely <laughs> you'd have went for a couple of pints. Any Sunday evening after a league match, I'm sure you could testify to that as well. Well, that's the thing. Those that... days are gone. Yeah, they are. They seem to be gone. But in fairness, it's understandable now. You have two and a half weeks to prepare, and you have a match next weekend. Your hamstrings are under enough pressure without dehydrating them further. <laughs> correct, correct. No, I think you'd, you'd only be asking for trouble, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Come here, Brian Lowen said after the game, he was very complimentary. Now he admitted that they took the game very seriously. You know, where he, when he could have weaselled out of it and said, you know, we were, you know, we're trying things out. He he admitted they were taking it seriously, and he complimented G on being a very well tuned in and very well coached team. Yeah, that's 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 nice to hear. Um, and uh, look, we know that there's obviously lots going on in Clare at the minute, and that's very very difficult for for not only Brian but the players as well. Um, but you know, we you can only focus on yourself, and we were supposed really determined to put in a good performance, and that that won't really change um, for this week either. And we did, you know, we managed to put on a good uh, performance where we worked very very hard. And used the ball quite well. And again, yeah. that's another thing that we can prove on slightly, but most of the time, by by and large, and you're under you're under a lot of pressure in some of these games too, so uh, you make mistakes. But um, we used the ball, you know, pretty well for the majority of the game, and uh, that's you know that's something that we can take away as a, a big positive, I think. And I. Yeah, I think that's what Brian was talking about, the very well-coached team, because it is a, a feature of your play, and I saw the Joe McDonough Cup final last year, is how you use the ball. And, you know, it is the modern kind of game of hurling, I suppose, now, Neil, where you're not you're not giving the ball away easily. You're trying to mind the ball. That's it. And it doesn't even change. I know a lot of people have spoke about the evolution to the kind of... Uh, Possession type game, um, but uh, and Limerick have obviously taken that to just a, a different level. They're the most economic team in the country before, but it's it's easy to be economic whenever you're as good and as athletic as uh, as Limerick are. Um, it gets you out, out of all sorts of tight spaces. But I think everybody's trying to emulate that in certain ways, and uh, you know we're we're no different ourselves. Um, and that definitely was a positive for us on, on Sunday. Um, and the other positive was probably, you know, the pressure that we were able to exert um, and the tackle and things like that. So, you know, two 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 good positives for it, uh, for us, I should say. But uh, look, we've, we've plenty to work on as well um, in terms of actually probably our decision making at different stages. Um, but but that, those things will come again and improve with the more exposure to being in those kind of higher pressure situations as well. Yeah, Darren Gleeson, I saw saying after the game, he said, every game is an opportunity to go out and represent your county. The county jersey is important, and I think we've instilled that again. Did you lose that a little bit recent, in recent years, Neil? I think uh, maybe Darren's alluding to there is that it's been easier at uh, certain periods than others to get a county jersey. It's tough at the minute. It is tough. Um, there's a hell of a lot of competition for places. There's a really good crop of young lads there who are very grateful for the opportunity to play for them. And I think there's definitely times where people have taken that for granted. Um, I can't say that I ever did because I've enjoyed it so, so much. I do enjoy it so, so much that yeah. I've ever t- taken it for granted. But, um, you know, there's uh, everybody kind of wants to be involved in the team that's been doing well last year. And hopefully we can we can emulate kind of that this year as well. And, uh, it's very it's very heartening whenever you see that all the best players are here and 
they're they're pushing so hard and how disappointed lads are whenever they don't make the the match day panel or whenever they, they they don't you know get sprung from the bench either. So that's 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 great because that level of competition, you know, we've all heard about the you know the way Dublin run with Kelly and almost a second uh, panel as such and football. So you know we're not going to be getting anywhere close to that anytime soon. But you know that's uh, there's there's uh, there's certainly a desire to to uh, represent Adam there at the minute. Yeah, and you mentioned last year, like, I mean, here's the thing with this. I understand the argument, and Cheddar always used to say it. I was talking about this on Monday's show, about unless the weaker counties can test themselves against the bigger counties, they won't know how far they have to, you know, to improve on. But, like, I mean, going back down a level, winning the Joe McDonough Cup, like, you're playing with a confidence, with momentum, probably you know, two things that you wouldn't have been able to work with if you were constantly playing with the big, playing the big teams because you mightn't be winning all the time. Do you know, like confidence and momentum are such a big factor in, in sport and the weaker counties never really have them unless they, you know, you're coming off the back of winning something. Totally. And, you know, that's what, that's what the divisions are there for. I know you don't, you, you, you don't, uh, you don't play the, the football championship in and in, along different divisional lines, but you play the league there and, I think we see that in hurling it does it really works. The leagues are, are structured well um, yeah. for the championships. You know, the, I think if you win a Joe McDonough Cup, you're going to be ready to compete at least. And because not only you, you've shown that you have that pedigree or that level of player, but you also have that bit of momentum. I mean, there's no doubt you get a bounce off that. But even even in games, we've all seen it. You know, where somebody maybe uh, takes a shot from a bad place or puts a, a sideline take a shot from the sideline, it goes wide, and those things swing momentum at times. You know, momentum's massive in, inside the, the 70 minutes of the game, never mind over the course of the season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, like, we saw how, what it did for Leash beating Dublin. I think when Carlo won it, they came up and drew with Galway. You've won it, you're coming up, you know, beating Clare in the league. Like, you know, confidence is, 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 a, huge, is a huge factor. Yeah, confidence is a massive factor in, in any sport. But at the same time, it'd be very... Conscious that, uh, like on Sunday, although you know we we performed uh, pretty well, it was two two points in a in a league game. You know you, the 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 one you referenced there with, with uh, Leash was you know was a championship win. That was to to get them into an All Ireland quarter final. You know they're they're yeah they're pretty much uncomparable to, to tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah, well I suppose you never got the chance to to re-enter the the All Ireland series last year. No, I know, and that was down to COVID that things were yeah. rejigged. Um, uh, but you know, I actually had a couple of funny texts from a couple of Leash lads uh, saying that we got to celebrate the show like that. Or that they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, it's a, by uh, all accounts, I say they celebrated a little bit, all right. I, I they did, but they had the, you know they had they had a kind of a you know a, a one night out, and I think it was sensible enough. And so we got yeah. to you know have a dinner and a few drinks together, and then go out together the next day. It was uh, come home together. You know, it was great. It was brilliant. Mir, how did you take the not starting the Joe McDonough Cup final? We know you're around since two thousand and seven. You're like the face of Antrim hurling, and you know well well respected right throughout the country. You're back fit for this final, and Gleason doesn't start you. Uh, well, how you how you how you thought I was is probably in, <laughs> probably in uh, question. I haven't played actually at all since COVID. Um, our first game back after COVID was the league final against Kerry, and I came off. I tore my hamstring about yeah. three minutes in, and I didn't play again really until the week before the final. 
Um, right. So God and I could have no complaints, none at all. And the boys were flying, uh, doing so so well. We, you know, some of the performances during the Joe McDonough were really some of the best performances I've seen from Adam in a long, long time. And there was no no quibble for me from from not starting. Yeah, you know. Very possibly wouldn't have lasted the whole game anyway. Right, right. Lost. Um, but uh, it was, uh, you know, whenever you're sitting on the sideline, it's always tough. But genuinely, whenever we were putting in performances, like especially the following, was it two weeks after the league final, and we played the, the opening round of Joe McDonough against Westmead up in, up in uh, Corrigan Park, and the lads were brilliant. You know, they were super. Um, it was a very, really hard working team performance. And, finished off every opportunity we got that day, you know, and you had the feeling that things were, there was something bubbling up. Right, and the only going to final, it was the, one of the most nervy affairs I've ever been involved with, and I know plenty of people said the quality on show that day, you know, they worried for us going into Division 1, but it wasn't actually a fair reflection on the performances that either Andrew or Kerry had put in uh, on route to that final, um, and uh you know that that is most a disappointing, probably spectacle on the on the day. But some of our performances during the Joe McDonough uh, campaign were really, really good. Right, right, okay. And I suppose, like, I mean, you got the last thirty minutes of the game. So if you say you couldn't fit, you wouldn't have been able to last the full game. At least you got the thirty minutes that you know finishing on the field. I, it was enjoyable. Coaches, if I'd given a chance to start, you know, me, I'd have won for it. Honestly, I'd have been delighted. But you have to, you have to. Be realistic about the thing too, and uh, it was you know that day or that occasion. It was great to play on on All Ireland final day, and probably the fact that it was an All Ireland final day and in Croke Park, probably a pinch for some of the nerves and maybe some of the hurling that wasn't just as crisp as what we had shown through the the, the Joe McDonough final because pro- probably quite a significant number of team a number of players on both teams wouldn't maybe have played in Crook Park before. Yeah. Never mind playing on Ireland final day before. So um but it was that was that was a super occasion uh, for us and even, you know, how we managed the last ten or fifteen minutes in that game, albeit not hurling brilliantly, I thought was was pretty good, pretty mature. Yeah, no, it definitely was. I th- I thought I only saw the first half of that, um, and I thought that it was fairly. I thought you were impressive in the first half, um, but I know Kerry came back at you then, um, in the second half. Small matter of Kilkenny and Nolan Park next week. So listen, it's not you can't uh, rest on your laurels this week, anyways. No, uh, definitely not. And look, it's another level up, isn't it? Really, um, with Kilkenny, but uh, you know it's. It's we we focus on ourselves really because you know that's that's all we can control and try and bring a really good performance level again um, and just prepare uh, as well as we possibly can uh, to get it right and just again we I thought on on Sunday past we 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 done what we had been asked to do the, the things that Darren and the, the the lads have been drilling into is we stuck to them by and large and. Uh, tried at least tried to do the right thing um, on most occasions, and that will be the same again for this Sunday. Just prepare as well as we can all week, and then try to just you know put it into practice on on Sunday again. Yeah, exactly. Well, come here. Best of luck with it against Kilkenny, uh, Neil. I know you're under pressure in work. I'll let you go. Thanks very much for taking the call. Okay. Cheers, Colm. All the best. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up now because <laughs> there's no such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do. No, we don't. Um, but you what, didn't we... let Shamey talk at a, at a hurley launch one day. Yeah, but hold on a second now. He was at a hurley launch, you know. 
Yeah. You know, I, there's I, a media I, ban if he can't no, talk no, it down. Absolutely not. I think you guys need to do your job. Don't depend on us guys for quotes, you know. Okay. Go but no, earn, he, earn your living like the rest of us. But if he's at a media day and he says to the media that I'm not allowed to talk, then he's obviously on a ban. Well, I think he's carrying a mixed message. So Claire Wexford in Cusick Park. It's at one o'clock. Um, I think this one is on Sunday. Didn't actually check today, uh, stupidly enough. This would this would be billed as the Davy Lowen thing. We're over all that now, lads. We kind of talked about that last year. That's kind of completely gone. But it's still a big game, uh, Connell, for Claire. Like, uh, we're, nobody's reading too much into last week. It's the first round. It's like a Walsh Cup first round. We all know that. But uh, like another bad loss. You know, coming off the back of last year, which wasn't wasn't an overly impressive year. You know, like, I mean, at what point does a bit of pressure start coming on Clare? I think there's pressure on them already. Like, um, <clears throat> I think there's, there's probably pressure coming into this year that's for, for, for the management, for the players. Everyone, I think, should be, should be feeling the pressure to perform. And they certainly won't be happy with, with the performance up in, uh, against Antrim the last day. Now, it's a hugely, probably, probably not, it's, it's, an, it's a very, very difficult place to go up there in Antrim and get out, get out of there with a result. Absolutely, ne- nearly impossible. It's like the back of an estate or something where you'd play a bit of uh, junior soccer in Dublin. You yeah, know? yeah. yeah. It was worse because uh, we played up there, uh, Jesus, maybe three or four years ago and there was no stand, no nothing. So it was like playing in the middle of a park. Uh, and the pitch is relatively small. The long, uh, and the width of the pitch is even is is tight. So and that suits Antrim. It suits their style, and they they work really really hard and very very physical. And look, Clare weren't up for it. They just didn't. They thought maybe it was just a matter. Of, it, was, it was going to happen. It was going to click. Somebody was going to get the ball and get a goal, and it, it just never did. And yeah. I think that's it's all building for 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 uh, for nicely for for this weekend. They they have to put put in a performance this weekend really to to give themselves a bit of confidence and to get all that kind of all all this talk that we're talking about, all this negative talk away from them. Um, and I'm sure Brian Long will will want a, a some kind of performance out of them. It it doesn't matter if, if it maybe if they don't win. But a good performance is what they do from a lot of a lot of their main men to to rectify what happened last week. In a strange way, even if they were up for it, they went nine three up, Paddy. And even in mid game, you can almost switch off. You know, think like Connell yeah. says, it's like someone will get. I will put these lads away. We're nine three up. Even mid game, you can switch off. Even if you were switched on before. Definitely. Um, I I actually I suppose I I go against them a little bit. I did think they were pretty up for it. I thought they made a the pressure kind of really got to them uh, in the second half like as you said they went 9-3 up and so they were kind of doing what they wanted up front they were getting the ball in but again they never got a goal they never got through on goals so that that is a problem um but they were doing very well at that stage but it's it's hurling is is a bit more like that this than any other sport that when the momentum really goes against you it's like you can't win a restart you can't win a puck out the passes don't go to hand the tension comes and then i suppose uh clark's goal uh, Kieran Clark's goal, the the keeper, you know, would have been Gulligan would have been disappointed with it, yeah. and then you're starting to feel like this isn't our day. So look, Clare, I think they really found it hard with the pressure in the second half. They couldn't get the ball up into their full forward line. Um, and to me, I thought Antrim were really full value for their win, and a lot of the young Clare players now. That's a that's a fair dent to the confidence now. After as you said, not a great year last year either. That's the, that's the thing. Like, I mean, we're talking about goalkeepers. It was 1-1. You know, Quilligan gave away in that first half. It was a bad puck out, which was a guaranteed point. And the goal, like, he had to be saving that. Like, I mean, they're experimenting with John Conlon. I'll put John Conlon in goals there. Like, I mean, if that's who will continue on the team of the... <laughs> well, what, no, but on John Conlon, like, what's going on here? Because I, 
I, I do accept the point that Claire need a centre back. I accept that, no problem. But surely your best forward isn't that person, you know? Like, it would Cahill Malone or somebody not be, you know, a, 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 an option for there instead of using. John Conlon's their best forward, am I right or wrong? Well, he's definitely, he'd be one of their top forwards, I'd say. I'm not sure if he's their best, but. Right, if Tony Kelly's in midfield, he's the, he, he might be yeah, their best. Well, uh, I can see why they want to put him there, you know. Yeah, I can see the logic, yeah. Um, you know, he's very good in the air. He, he, he'd be very good at distributing the ball. And I would say they're probably going to stick with him there this weekend again. They have to give him a couple of run of games if they made that decision. It's just the same in Dublin when they put Liam Rush in centre-back and then they take him out and put him in full forward. Sure. You know, you have to stick. Like, one bad game. If he had a good game this weekend, we'd be all saying, oh, Jesus, why did we think of that years ago? So I wouldn't be getting uh, too caught up on it. And I don't think Claire will either. It's it's more important now to get a, get a runner if you get a bit of confidence you get a, get a good performance in for this weekend to, to, to go into the Champions like the league is they're glorified challenge games really they are yeah so yeah. I wouldn't be uh, making too much into it and I know um, they were kind of going on in the Sunday game about it but look I, I don't think Claire are too worried about it if they get it right later on in the season nobody will look back now and, 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 and say anything about it the, the, the point I was uh, uh, Paddy is that John I I agree with Connell I'd stick I'd stick with it as well but what I'm looking at is what they're losing up front and I see a lightweight forward line without him Yeah you're not wrong you're not far off there at all the thing I'd say about Conlon is he's playing since around 2011 I think this isn't his first major injury like he hasn't played in a couple of years due to the cruciate if, if I'm right and I think maybe yeah so I think maybe Brian Lohan's feeling is okay we need a centre back Um John Conlon is one of the best hurlers in the county and has been for years. Maybe it would serve him well to give him a bit of a release to play him in the half-back line, that there's not a full-back or centre-back pulling out of him, dragging out of him, horsing into him in the air and give him a bit of freedom because you get, it's funny, as a back, you probably, half-back anyway, you get a lot more freedom than you do as a forward. And look, to be honest, when they were doing well the other day, he was actually dominating. He hit seriously good ball into the forward line. But then in the second half, I felt like, his ability, you know, his inexperience at covering as a centre-back, he was probably drifting way too far out the field and that really cost him. And so he wasn't really in the game in the second half. But um, I can see their logic, you know, sometimes a change is as good as a rest when you get out of the back line or forward line to the back line, you feel like a new person. Um, so I still think they might switch him back up. But even to get him back into the groove of hurling again, you know, centre-back can always be a nice position to do that. I think it'd be easier this weekend on a bigger pitch. I think they might the formation might change a little bit where he, he allows them to sit back a little bit more. And play, like if you're struggling for confidence in the forwards and you have the flexibility to go in the backs and you have that free role, sure. Like everyone's played in a team where there's always a lad that has a free role. And well, he, he will have well. one this year, this week because Foley will go back. Yeah. Wexford will get, Wexford yeah. will play with five forwards, so, so he's he, guaranteed a free role. So really. he's going to get on the ball and he's going to be able to, you know. Build a good, a good platform to give into the forward. So I, I think t- this weekend will be a better judge of of, of how he um, how he's going to play there or, or how it's going to go for the rest of the season for everyone. Here's a question for you: In hurling, is centre back as specialised as football? Because in Gaelic football, the only position I couldn't get my head around at all was centre back because I'd let my man off and cover, and he'd do something I'd be I'd be getting given out to, and I'd you know I'd go mark him. Now someone's running down the middle, and I'm told, to, yeah, and I was like, yeah. what do you want me to do yeah, here? Yeah. And I, I I played very few games there because I was. I always say I can't really play there just you know I'll play wing back anywhere you want but centre is hurling the same like I mean is it as technical as it is in football uh, I just, or it used to be in football maybe it's probably different now uh, I just, you probably need to be a good reader of the game you know you need to be able to judge those times when to leave your man off and when to not and it is very difficult but those times that you do leave your man off you make, you need to make sure that you're getting the ball because if you don't get the ball exactly that, that's what yeah. happens no matter what happens um, um 
but for me, I, I used to like going back planes and maybe it's just a bit of laziness in me. I used to like, you know, letting other people do a lot of the running and seeing what's going on and giving out, you know, instructions to making sure everyone's covered on so so there's nobody going to be trying to come running at me. And um, I just, look, I don't think there's much of a difference in football really either. Like, you're, it's, well, it's certainly at, at, uh, at club level, there's not much because you'll always have someone that wants to stay back and kind of mind the house, the plus yeah. one or whatever they want to talk about. So, and generally, that's always a centre-back that sits sitting there. Now, look, if you go to inter-county, it's totally different. They're flying everywhere, so it's very hard to do that. And there's always one that's dedicated... And it's always nearly the fastest lad that can go up and down, and he's the plus one. So, um, I just think it's probably a lad that uh, that's well able to hurl and has good experience and and um, able to read the game very well. That's that's the person that usually goes in centre back. The the the, the Liam Rush one is going back centre back, but it looked like it was your man Burke went back centre back, and Rush was given the free roll. You know what I mean? Is that what was is going on in Dublin? Or, or with Conlon, is Conlon expected to play a, re- a regular... Well, he won't have it this weekend, but in gen- last weekend. Well, I just think an inter-county, if, if there's a lad going in centre-back that may not have the, the, the lightning speed to mark, say, a TJ Reid or whoever it is, then he's going to be given that role, to, 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 that spare role. He's not going to be told to mark, let's say, a TJ Reid or, or whoever it is, because they just wander wherever they want to go. And you could find yourself beyond midfield, you know, up at a half-forward line before you know it, and all of a sudden there's a big hole in behind. So uh, that's why, in general, the good... Uh, a good centre back is going to hang back, and they're going to put someone else maybe uh, in 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 that kind of centre back role. But it's going to be a role that you can roam wherever you like, wh- whoever you're on. You know, so yeah, um, it's a position I, I think I, I always would have loved playing. And maybe as you get older, it's probably easier to play that position. But it's it's um, it's probably not something that's going to happen for me anyway. Now, <laughs> would you like to see Paddy a little bit with John Connellan to give him that bit of help like what Dublin do so you bring somebody back maybe to mark the centre forward and free up John Connellan to do all that nice stuff without that defensive responsibility that might not come as naturally to him uh, there's not, there isn't the evidence of that it looks like he's playing an orthodox kind of centre half back role Yeah first half I thought he was a bit freer but that's that's often um, when you're with the breeze that can happen because Antrim are going to maybe slip back an extra man around midfield so he did and they were under less pressure in the first quarter of the match anyway and he looked he looked pretty good at that stage he was coming out and he was driving unbelievable low ball in uh, where they have good small forwards but uh, second half I thought he had to mark a man and the problem is uh, Colin was saying is do I stay or do I go um, and that's the judgment and that's if you're going back to goalies if that you're going back to a lot of positions it's when you play there since you're you know uh, in your teens you kind of don't even have to think about it you say well instinct tells you I'm going to sit back here now and take the danger or I have the license to go with my men because I think we're okay in our backline so it is a really hard decision to make if they want to take a bit of pressure off him I think put him as a spare man he can he can run everywhere he'd be like a child in the playground running around getting hand passes off lads, getting a break of the ball and, and using his undoubted talent. So it probably would be a benefit. And look, as you said, they are playing Wexford this weekend. So there's one time you can guarantee you'll have a spare man at the back. Yeah, we all we all love that role. It's the fairy tale role. It's it's the free man role, right? <laughs> but like Shane Amore's gone. Peter Duggan, is, I think he's still travelling. He's not sure if he's back. Colm Galvin, their best midfielder, has gone. Podge Collins has gone with the footballers. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Like when you look at Peter Duggan, right? is their ball-winning forward and they're missing that. I know they have Colin Malone, but probably not as good. Colin Galvin's their best midfielder. He could free up Tony Kelly. Now, all of a sudden, you could have John Connell and Duggan and Kelly in the forwards and you've got a whoa. Yeah, yeah. You know, isn't it amazing how missing a few players and how you can rejig it, how it changes everything. Yeah. And <clears throat> I suppose that 
all of that rejigging and changing and putting in new players doesn't help that new keeper that's coming in either. You know, he's not he's not sure where to be. Is it going short or is it going long? And then when he starts hitting one or two bad puck outs, things become under pressure. So sometimes the bad mistakes by keeper are, um, and and thoughts of a keeper are blamed from the lads outside because they're not giving the runs across the line. They're not doing it and all they want is the ball down. So I think, look, it's going to be very interesting to see how they line up Claire this weekend. It's going to be interesting to see how, uh, the intensity that, that, that Paddy says. Yes, they did have it for the half, but they didn't have it when, the, when it really mattered. They, you know, they didn't really have that hunger. Um, and maybe have to credit Antrim for what they did. They were so physically uh, in their faces every minute. And, and, and Paddy's right when, when momentum goes against you you start you don't lose the, the kind of you don't win the dirty balls and all of a sudden Antrim are putting the balls over from everywhere it's very hard to turn that around so yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how, how it plays this weekend Trust Davy Fitzgerald he was talking during the week and he says the way I look at it this weekend will be like championship we need to get ready for the championship in six or seven weeks we're going to give it 110% like that it blows our analysis here the last two weeks out of the water where this is going to be Walsh Cup and they're going to ease themselves into it mind players Championship this weekend, Paddy. Yeah, um, I think I think he always thinks it's championship. That's probably why he gets his teams to such a good place a lot of the time, and maybe sometimes why they go out over the edge and, and maybe peter out of a championship because he has them at such a high level all the time of enthusiasm and and up for up for each of these matches. But as I was saying last week, I don't think this is going to do you a huge benefit if you win all the games in your league, but if you're losing them. You're under a bit of pressure. Look at Clear already. We said last week doesn't matter about these matches, and now we're saying God, uh, Brian Lohan's under a little bit of pressure. But I think Wexford were one of the teams that we said they need a kind of a good start to the year. That was a fair sucker punch last year, losing a couple of matches. Uh, didn't put much of a fight. So I think, look, I can see how Davy, the way they've been operating the last few years, he needs to kind of get back up a little bit of confidence, build that up. And the leash match last week. Is a good win, good start, but no offence to you now being from Leash, but you know, they were expected to win that match. But this is a proper test. Yeah, no, Lee and Lee, Leash were Leash were really, really poor, I thought, um, on the day. On on the thing of the championship this weekend, uh, Connell, because like I mean, is that the message you should be giving his players? Like there's a long season ahead, you're in your second game. when championship comes, what does he say it is? Well, no, well, <coughs> I take from that what he says it's championship for maybe certain players on his squad that are getting their chances you know if, you, if you're not performing say he might have thought that some lads that got their chance you know with, with, with their so-called big stars on the bench coming on lads not performing like how many more chances do you want like I'll give you possibly maybe this weekend and, and he's saying that's championship for those guys to say you perform now as if it's championship and if you don't well you won't be playing in championship so that's, I'd say that's what he's trying to say and that's the interest he's trying to get across that he wants to try and build this squad and, and, and have lads on the, on the bench that are going to be you know, finishers and, and try and come out and, and really add something to that Wexford team and he's probably putting the pressure on a lot of those people now this week to say here guys now's the time to perform don't mind championship because you won't be there if you don't perform now yeah maybe that's maybe that's what he's trying to do the, the, obviously the two big games that's probably not the big game of the weekend Cork Tipperary is on Saturday night um, we talked a good bit about Cork on Monday the other big game this is probably the game of the weekend uh, Connell is Galway versus Limerick um, this was the All-Iron semi-final last year the All-Iron final the year before nothing between these two teams and even Limerick beating a lot of teams well but Galway had them within a pint with 77 minutes there was a whole load of injury time Carl Mannion had gone off like are Galway Limerick's biggest threat you know at this stage looking ahead to the, to the season Oh look it's very hard to say but I suppose for, on last year's form you, you, you'd probably say they probably are um, I think 
it's 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 a good start for for Galway after last weekend. You know they they can get up and running nice and nice and nice and handy enough. I I just think uh, again a lot like uh, Wexford. There's a lot of players on that Galway team that need to put in big performances. I think to to really be um, to to stake in a claim for for a championship now. And um, a few lads did perform last weekend again, but. Um, I think this year I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Galway back in action. You know, it's, it's I, I do like watching Galway play. Obviously, not against Dublin, but I do like watching Galway. I like the way they play. I like the kind of freedom that sometimes a lot of the players will play with. And um, I, I didn't really see that last year too much, but um, oh, look, hoping to see it. And, and this weekend is probably a good glimpse to see what exactly the Galway team is. We're going to see maybe going forward. Yeah, we're we're looking at Joe Canning, Dahi Burke, and Porrick Mannion coming back into contention this weekend, Paddy. I'm looking through the Galway team really from last year's championship, and there's not too many weaknesses on it. You're not looking, you know, like some counties, oh, they need a centre back or they need this. It looks to be fairly solid. That Shane O'Neill will probably be looking going, maybe just build with this 15, you know, from that Limerick performance and push on with that. Yeah, like they have a lot of good players and I don't think they've really lived up to after winning the All-Ireland in 2017. I don't think you could really say that they've come with their best stuff since then. In 18, they kind of limped an All-Ireland final and should have been hammered by Limerick in the final. Uh, 19, they went out of the group stages. And then last year, I thought I still thought, you know, they kind of kept with Limerick, but I felt like Limerick had two or three more gears in them. So I do think Shane O'Neill needed last year it wasn't an easy start for a, a rookie manager uh, in a different county and he needed to see up close and personal okay what have I here when when it really um, when it really matters in a crunch game so he's seen that he's a great record already at club level so I'd imagine he'll only be adding I don't think it'll be wholesale changes it's to get the players on the field uh, that he has hurling to the best of their ability and they do if they can I think they have to turn it back a few years now. I really do. I don't think they've performed to their level. So if he can get the best out of what they have already, and the Concannon was great last year. Nyland looked good the other day. Uh, they probably need to settle on their full-back, centre-back. Uh, Shane Cooney is a very, very good player. Uh, he was up and down though last year. He had some really good moments and uh, some moments not as good. Fintan Burke, if you can get them playing at a high level, yeah, I think they can. They can challenge. But again, this is challenging Limerick who... You know they look like they have the answers for most teams. Yeah, I do. I do take uh, the. I do take Paddy's point. Limerick probably did look like they had another gear to go to in the Galway game. That Galway were hanging on to them. But the, Shane O'Neill did change their style a little bit. Galway were known as a long ball team a little bit more. Whereas I was watching him that day. I was at that game in a more pa- or in in Crow Park, mm. and like their forwards were playing like Gaelic football forwards, where there was three left inside, and they were you know break. They looked like there was a little bit of coaching going on with them. Yeah, there's a, they're like Galway probably a, a very traditional going going along but yeah I think that's like Limerick have changed the whole dynamic of it all like, they seem to be going in these triangles all the time and, and a lot of teams try to follow that but it, it's very hard to do like it, it may look easy but like your touch has to be unbelievably good and you have to have good players that are comfortable on the ball and well able to catch it because if, 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 if you watch any other team trying to do it I've seen it where you, I might pass to you, okay. You catch it, but it's the third pass is the problem. You might hit, you might be, you might be low, it might bounce in front of him, or you might that person's going to break it down. And, and there's the problem. Not too many times you see Limerick doing that. Yeah. Um, Galway, I think they just want to give another option. They, I think they'll bring back that kind of long element uh, to it, but they just want another option that if it doesn't work, well, we need to be, have something else to do. And, and going short is the only option. And, and, and 
Look, we'll see. We'll see what they try this weekend against a, a Limerick team that are probably well seasoned and are really, really good at that kind of a game too. Which is, which is bringing that into that kind of battle zone then around the middle. Yeah, we do. We talked. I had Aidan Hart on the show there um, during the lockdown in January, and I was asking him about it. Was a like you're saying those short balls? It was the uh, Murphy, the goalkeeper, gave him a little scuttery one along the ground. It was only a point in it after 77 minutes, and Aidan miscontrolled it. I think Paddy and a, a score came off it. You know what I was asking him? Geez, you don't want that ball at that stage, and he's more like saying you have to believe in that. You know, and like if you're committing to this, and you see it in in soccer as well, like you know, playing out from the back. And Jesus, there's a press on you. Will you just yeah. get it long? And it's like, no, this is the style and you have to believe in it and trust in it. And that was kind of his attitude a little bit, Paddy. Well, it is. Um, one thing I think at times, and I, I was part of maybe the first tip team that started doing sharp puckouts or commons. And it can be a little nerve-wracking. You just have to get used to it. But I do think you have to pick your times. As you said, a pint, uh, only a pint in it with, with, with not too much time left. Maybe a go long. But then if he had a cock the ball, it would have been the one that Maybe they worked up the field and got the score. So it's really, it's on a knife edge. You have to believe in it is right, uh, but you have to pick the right opportunities. The other thing is, if you didn't do the sharp puckouts or even threaten to do sharp puckouts, I think you're you're kind of slowly drowning because especially against the big physical team, they're just going to inch back the field. On every puckout, they might go a yard further back. And by the, <clears throat> by the end of it, you're just pucking the ball into a cement mixer that you're never going to be able to pluck it out of. So look, to me, it certainly isn't necessary. Uh, but... You know, Murphy is a, was a rookie goalie. Sometimes you have to pick the right opportunity and you certainly have to get the execution right. The only thing on the, on the short book is like, I'm not an advocate for at all, but I think in order to believe in it and, and to really go with that ethos, that the whole defensive structure needs to know that nearly that you're going to go short at a certain time. So the person that's getting the ball is free like is, is well free. It's not like five yards away and then the lad getting the ball because I've said it loads of times in loads of meetings that let's say, for instance, I'm a cornerback, right? And Walter Walsh, and I'm struggling with Walter Walsh, kind of we're battling it out and he bangs one in the net, right? The thing, so he's coming back out and he gives you a good shoulder and he, and he lets you know that you, and the yeah. next thing he's gone off maybe five or six, seven yards away from you and you have to go look for a short book out with screaming for it with your hand out like, no way do you want that. Like, and Walter, no, and say, just saying Walter Walsh, just because yeah, that's yeah. an example. The forward or Walter knows that, so he he's going to give you that extra nearly distance away and hope that you get it because he is coming at you because he knows your confidence is really low. So I think that he's, Paddy's probably right. There's certain situations where y- you can go you can go short, but it everyone needs to know, and that person that's getting the ball needs to be uh, it needs to be thought through. Like so, if 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 after conceding a goal, my man, he's not the man to give it. Yeah. To. Even though we talked about it in a meeting and we went through PowerPoint situation, I don't care if if you're sitting in a meeting and you say, "Oh yeah, no, no, but I'll put my hand up and I'll, I'll look for it." You don't want it. Like there's 50,000 people and looking at you and your confidence is gone. Oh no, well in that situation it would be crazy to give it to the poor cornerback but would you have a go-to puck out man after conceding a goal? You don't have to give away the trade secrets like Sutcliffe's great in the air. Would you say if we concede a big score Sutcliffe yeah, think, landed think, on uh, Sutcliffe? Every team does have a, have a go-to where it's the, the, the high percentage chances of, of the person that is winning and it's usually your best ball winner and in 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 my own opinion is if if you're under pressure and you're after conceding a bad score or they're after getting a runner scores on you it's get the ball away from thing if from that area as 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 long as possible and put maybe your best and not your maybe not your uh, your best and your second best like the lad that can catch a ball together 
and let them fight it out to that. So your chances are higher. So does, does that mean that your two wing forwards are going to one side? It probably does. But and the keeper is going to hit that ball long and higher than normal to give that that lad a chance to get over. So you may look for it may may you may get it for like maybe two to three seconds where it's a two on one or maybe a three on one or a three on two. So you have that extra advantage and the midfielders know what's happening and they can get in so they can potentially get the breaks. Yeah, uh, I, I think that there's a lot of thought in it, but going short after a big score is is in my situation is an absolute no no. Yeah, and I don't think any cornerback can will will, will, will say that that they do want it because they, they're absolutely lying if they do say they want it I, I'd, I'd imagine so would you have had go-to puck outs Paddy like I mean a big score there's nothing worse conceding a goal and holy shit the puck out goes out and now there's another one gone now there's now you're four now now the whole momentum is gone do you well I wasn't I wasn't told if there was a go-to uh, I wasn't told too much now to be honest I mean, <laughs> but I certainly if I was a manager I certainly would have that and I think the interesting point there Conor was saying was the puck it out on your best lad and have is a strong guy with him or have your different combinations of you've three or four smaller guys going to one area and they can get it lower. I do think, to me, the evolution of puck outs will probably get to that stage and maybe it probably is at that stage already because teams are getting good now at letting you have it short and then maybe turn you over and making it so uncomfortable. Uh, so, I, you know, if I was manager, I certainly would and I'd be telling a player who is that you know, you're a good ball winner. I want you in such and such a position, maybe out right in the wing. If we can see the goal, I want you right on the sideline. And even if we can see the sideline or it goes out over the sideline, great. We can we can get ourselves together and we can kind of get back into our shape again. So I think that is an evolution. I would do it, but I don't know. I've been gone out of the game a while, so I'm not sure is, is that being done. Uh, the other side of it is, is you put all your stronger lads to one side, but you, it may be the case where you're all you're telling them you're not catching it. You're right. letting the ball go through, but you're making sure you're, that it's going through. You know, so you're, that's another. So the corner forward is then nearly in play. So he's waiting and waiting. At he's the in play on the other side where the wing forward has gotten out of there. Yeah. So you can either go that way, or or, or you can go the other with the other way, where you have all your strongest men on one side of the pitch, and they the corner forward knows it has to take the chance that the, that these lads aren't going to catch it, so they're going to break it through. So he's gone as a shot, so uh, straight out. So he he kind of has that few extra yards on the cornerback. So. You're giving yourself the two lads possibly going to try and catch it, or the corner forward trying to get it, so or the midfielders then will win the break. So you're trying to give yourself every advantage, and everyone knows that that's happening at certain times. Be it whatever the keeper will give some kind of a signal, whether it's ball up or he, whatever he does, you know, put the hurl up or yeah. or claps his hands or whatever the case is. So, but I just think you're better off doing that and losing the ball. Worst case scenario, losing the ball there than giving it to give it to the cornerback or the fullback and, and, and losing it there again and then that's that's another score it could change from being level to four down all of a sudden after in, in the goal or a point or whatever so yeah wouldn't you love to see a bit of analysis we'll finish up now Les we've probably gone over the time but wouldn't you love to see a bit of analysis on this Paddy in that I don't want to be critical of the Sunday game because Jesus Christ I don't know how they do that show it's, it's it, they have such a short time to turn around analysis and get it all done and it's a it's a full day 12 in the morning until 9 at night and you'd be gassed out after it but like a show on a Wednesday night now, for example, would have time to watch a, a match over and over and figure out what Kilkenny's go-to puck out. You know like what I mean? A Monday when, game. Yeah, a Monday mm-hmm. game or a Tuesday game. When you have time to do it, that you could watch a game three times and see when a big score goes against Tip, for example. What's their puck out after that? And you could, you could, if you had the time and the patience, you could do the analysis that teams might do, but actually show on the television and actually, you know, figure things out. It's a pity we don't have that. 
And to be honest, the information is there because, I mean, we're all on Twitter. We see there's fellas up there who just love the stats. They live for stats and taking them and graphs and all sorts. So they'd actually nearly have your work done for you. So all you need is um, Marty or Des or whoever on kind of, kind of with a couple of guests. So it would be brilliant. But um, I don't know. I, I can't understand how it's not been done or how the GA even are pushing it on their GA go app or some way because uh, people are absolutely mad for this information and they'd love it broken down a little bit. Okay, you have your armchair supporter who just wants to see the scores and wasn't that uh, and a bit score, of a chat about it, yeah. Serious, yeah, but it was a serious amount of people. People who listen to say the likes of this podcast now, they'd like it broken down a little bit more. It's easy for us to talk about it here, but to be talking, overseeing it, you really give people a deeper understanding for it. Yeah, I think it's dead right. Yeah, maybe you should do it, will you? Yeah, I don't we'll think. Well, when he mentioned RTE, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's there's time to leave the show for today. But there, right? did, there used to be a, a Monday game, wasn't there? Back years and years I, ago. Do you know, I think they lost the rights. RTE lost the rights for that. I think Sky have the highlights rights during the week, and Sky do some show. It's not like I'm surprised Sky have never committed to a Monday night foot. Like it's, it works for them. They have a yeah. brand in soccer. Why not bring it into GEA? And they don't seem to do that. And I think they have most of the rights during the week. And the 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 broadcasting agreement is up next year. It was to run until 2022. And if the GEA don't sell highlights rights to anyone that wants them, why not give them to Sports Joe? You know, and charge for them. Why are what are you? But what are you losing on it? Like, I mean, the more shows that can use your highlights, the more promotion you get. Why hamstring? Why hamstring yourself by just giving it to RT on a Sunday night and Sky during the week? It's it doesn't make sense to me. I think a lot of even younger lads say like 16, 17, 18, 19 lads understand a lot of this stuff and they're nearly trying to implement a lot of it anyway. Um, so I think if it was broken down from the top level and it would educate a lot more people because it's very hard to, when you're watching a game it's gone so fast and yeah. sometimes you might miss the Sunday game and you don't yeah. You, you don't you don't know exactly what happened and people people pick things up that were at the game that then you can't see on TV so I think that would all bring it all together and it yeah. would be good no you're dead right you're dead right maybe maybe someone will do it sometime um, we'll see it'll be interesting to see how the broadcast deal if it changes at all next year because that's a very fus- those highlights right frustrate the life out of me right lads we'll leave it there great stuff we'll be back on Monday and we'll review the weekend's action so we'll talk to you all then good luck <laughs> And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. I let it go,